who drink. Whoever wise enough to drink, that who drink. Rose bit her lip in perplexity. Are you the Dr. Norbert Beilstein? She said. God willing, said Beilstein. Aren't you in the wrong building? Said Rose. I mean, you're a biologist and a geneticist and all that kind of thing, aren't you? Isn't this collapse of Western civilization thing more like social science? Or history? My dear girl, said Beilstein, when Western civilization collapses, it will collapse equally in every building on this campus. Anybody who has any ideas as to why it's collapsing, as to how it might be saved, should certainly speak up. Rose's eyes widened. You mean the bombs? I mean the brains, said Beilstein. Western civilization rests on great men and nothing else, and we are no longer producing great men. He motioned for her to sit. Kindly sit down and be quiet, he said, and I shall tell you the pretty pass things have come to in this matriarchy. This what? said Rose. This woman's world, said Beilstein, where women and the love myth keep men in adolescence all their lives. Rose was offended. Oh, Dr. Beilstein, she said. I'm sorry, but I don't think that's true at all. If sitting quietly is beyond you, said Beilstein, kindly wait out in the hall. I don't want to go out there, said Rose. Dr. Hazeltice and J. Edgar Hoover are out there and I'd get embarrassed. Beilstein's face lit up like a light bulb about to die. The J. Edgar Hoover, he said. The G-man? Yes, said Rose. Beilstein left his desk and hurried up the aisle to the door, searching his pockets for something as he went. He surprised Hazeltice and Hoover by jerking open the door. They had been examining his curious sign. Mr. Hoover, said Beilstein heartily, I've always wanted to shake your hand. Hazeltice introduced Beilstein. This is our Nobel Prize winner, Mr. Hoover, Dr. Norbert Beilstein, the geneticist. He's the one who's done all that remarkable research into keeping cells alive so long. Virtually, indefinitely. Oh, yes, yes, indeed, said J. Edgar Hoover. The honor is all mine, doctor. Beilstein and Hoover shook hands. Beilstein clapped Hoover on the shoulder hard and looked him squarely in the eye. A look of mild surprise crossed Hoover's face, and he glanced down at their clasped hands, slightly pained. Beilstein freed Hoover's hand, and Rose saw him slip something into his coat pocket quickly. Is something the matter, Mr. Hoover? he said. Hoover examined his palm. I seem to have picked up a slight cut somewhere, he said. Nothing at all, really. The handshake just called it to my attention. That's strange, said Hazeltice. Carl Sandberg complained of the same thing when he was here last week. Remember Norbert? Vaguely, said Beilstein. It's nothing, said Hoover, really. And General Marshall, when he was here, said Hazeltice. I wonder if there's something sharp in my office. Is there something I offer all distinguished visitors, something with a hidden sharp edge? He clapped his hands. My gosh! And Yasha Heifetz almost called off his recital because of a little cut on his hand. Hazeltice rubbed his eyes. I feel like Typhoid Mary or Jack the Ripper. He examined his palms. Smooth as a baby's behind. Less than a scratch, said Hoover. Sorry I mentioned it. He looked at Beilstein with interest. Say, doctor, he said, aren't you the man who says our characteristics are recorded in every cell in our bodies? A theory, said Beilstein, 
hard to prove. If we got a cell from a man, could you give us a complete description of him from it? Only if we could find a way of making it grow into a human being, said Beilstein. Theoretically, that human being would be an exact duplicate of the person from whom the cell came. Kind of a complicated way to catch public enemies, I guess, said Hoover. But by golly, I must say, the stuff you're working on certainly sounds exciting. Coming from a man who knows what excitement is, said Beilstein. I take that as the prettiest compliment of the day. He turned to Hazeltice. Tell me, is Edward R. Murrow going to be here for commencement, too? Last I heard, said Hazeltice. He examined his palms again. I suppose I should tell him to wear iron gauntlets. Precious hands, those, said Beilstein. He bowed. You'll excuse me, gentlemen. I'm in the middle of a lecture. Rose's dream didn't end there. She dreamed that Beilstein came back into the classroom and...